This week on your Old School RuneScape update, Scurrious and the Desert Treasure 2 bosses get combat achievements while the wiki provides new achievement tools and a DPS calculator. We then share our perilous journey through the Underground Pass and discuss what the Giant's Foundry means for skill. This is the Old School RuneScape update, episode 13, recorded Saturday, February 3rd, 2024. Giant Widgets. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Old School RuneScape Updates. Sirion and myself are here as we are each and every week. We had a bit of a quieter uh, news week when it comes to uh, old school content this week, but uh, we have some we have some fun things to share just about uh with with what we've been running through in 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 the game world haven't we yeah absolutely yeah um uh, no teasers at this point about where it's going to be but it involves something um with hammers and falling down lots we'll say that's that's what i want to say about that but (laughs) yeah that's a good summary yeah that is a good summary that is a good summary and you know one of us fell down more than the other one but uh folks look looking at the show notes already know what i'm talking about speaking of update.show slash os you can find the full show notes there if you want to follow along uh with the episode we also have the uh, friends chat at bits bytes and the discord is at update.show slash discord and we're just gonna uh go into uh the 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 content update uh that came this week and it it was it was an update that i feel looks simple on the surface but people are going to be very happy about this when they see the community uh community uh uh tie-ins with it and we're talking about of course the combat achievements for scurious and desert treasure 2 which you know on on the surface of it, it doesn't seem like a big deal but when it comes down to it at the end of the day i think these combat achievements provide people a, a reason to go somewhere to to a boss as we see with all the other old school combat achievements and actually do this boss beyond you know just hunting uh the loot and it's and you know it's it's not it's not something mindless and it, and it's actually kind of interesting in some of the ones that we were looking at was wasn't it yeah i mean i i we were talking about it and and i was saying like, i think rs3 needs these as well because you know i know how popular pvm is across both of the games and you know, fair enough. Yeah. I understand it is the content that skills the best and has the most challenge. I think the combat achievements are, are like a great way to allow people to, you know, express their skill in different ways. And I like the variety of it. It's like some of it is like do things fast. Other is like make sure you set up the circumstances correctly. And I'm look, I'm not well versed in PVM, but I can imagine that not some yet. of these not yet. <laughs> But I can imagine that in like in some of these, um, you you really optimize for different things. Like for example, pray for success, right? Kill all Barrows brothers and loot the Barrows chest without taking any damage from any of the brothers. You're not optimizing for speed there, right? Like you're really optimizing for not taking any damage, which all of a sudden allows you to take a, an existing piece of content and like completely throw it on his head and replay it with different goals. Yeah, and, and it's such a cheap way of 
you know, making all the content go that extra mile. Right. And and the reason for that is it completely, uh, in some cases, will be changing the build that you bring to some of those places. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there is another one, um, you know, without, uh, you know, taking a taking a melee hit from any of them. And it's like, OK, well, how do you how do you do that? Do you lock them in place? What do you do? with that and it it just gets really interesting looking at at this list and i mean obviously the focus today is the desert treasure 2 ones and the scurious ones and you you have really simple ones like kill scurious once and then finish off scurious with a uh rat bone weapon in a private instance and then you you know ultimately uh go up to the uh next level where it's kill six giant rats within scurrius's lair within within three seconds and you you know at that point you're getting flashbacks uh to the kill x amount of cows task in leagues Mm. and and that's kind of the same that's kind of the same vein that this is at not only for scurrius desert treasure 2 but all the combat achievements out there Mm -hmm. and the wiki has really seized on that haven't they with one of the content updates uh that they put out uh, in relation to this, is that you can actually now on the old school RuneScape wiki see your combat achievements that you've completed, and is for the people who have synced with the RuneLight plugin, it now shows the um, the the global percentage of the amount of people who have actually completed those sorts of combat achievements. Like for example, seventy seven point seven percent of people have killed Wintertoe five times. And then yeah. you can just kind of get that same sort of granular aspect from there on that. I, I, th- I think was wasn't it you that said that you were really going by compl- uh, percentage completion on when you pick your league yeah. tasks. Yeah. So I, I see the same use case here as well, right? Like I'm like because personally, I'm really interested in getting at least the easy tier done because I want Gobbles Hilt um, for the teleports and the um, Warrior Guild tokens yeah um fair but this this really allows me to because that that this has always been the thing that i found the most scary about pvm like i didn't know when to start or where to start right like what levels do i need for what's really the first boss right like i didn't know and now that i have these percentages i can be like okay it looks like it's actually pretty decent like pretty easy to kill a skeletal wyvern like 50 percent of the players did that that should probably be something i should look at soon okay maybe i should be looking at like black dragon and bloodfeld first but yeah still you know it, 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 it's it the same general just... idea right yeah exactly exactly yeah and you know i I, th- I think one of the more one of the more interesting ones here is that with this you can actually go into the elite achievements and and here you say 57% of uh people who you know are connected with runelight on this and obviously that's not the entire old school population but a good chunk of it have completed the fight caves at least once and with that have got their fire cape and that's an mm-hmm. interesting metric i think on there Absolutely, for, for the elite yeah. task so yes it's it's a good thing to look at in terms of you know where do i go next but i also just think it's a interesting thing to see you know where's the community at because i know on on the pvm side there's always this perception because of what you see on twitch what you see on youtube everything that you see there it looks like you have this group of people who are the 
quote-unquote PVMers who are consistently doing these very difficult tasks, these very difficult feats. And it's like, oh, so that's what that's what PVM is about. And what this really shows, and I think it's very evident through the easy and medium tasks, is that no, it's not about that at all. There's actually a fairly substantial portion of the population that PVMs without going that far. And, you know, that that's what that's what a good game does. It allows for all all levels of people to interact with said content. And if it doesn't do that, then you know, you really have to question, is it worth designing something that, you know, only five percent of your players are gonna play? And again, I'm just pulling those numbers out of out of thin air as I as I mostly do on that. So I found that enjoyable. More. Yeah. Um what which one are you gonna go for? And then uh I'll I'll tell you. Uh I should really check our temp for us, I think. I need the fishing levels to begin with. Uh it's I think it's the only major... Well, Zarkano. I haven't done Zarkano yet, but in terms of what's accessible, accessible, I think uh, that's something I want to look at. Um, I am so looking forward to Zarkano when we unlock Prith. Yeah, that's going to be the main thing. I might go back and focus some of the scurriest tasks as well. Um, Yeah, I... Maybe giant mole is within reach. So I that, think it should be. be I think it should be because you know, until Scurrius, giant mole was really you know the first PVM boss. I think. Yeah. 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 So, so I I I might look at that as well. Okay, fair enough. And you know, mine for me is is of course has to be Hespori, farming boss, in the farming guild. Um, killed yeah, it on I leagues. I haven't done it yet on in in the main game. Um, I have oh, yeah, a bunch up, of seeds out there for that. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm up. I'm up to six kills on that. I I I find it. I find it almost a more enjoyable boss than Scurrius, but mostly because it is it is really movement or lack thereof. Lack thereof. Yeah, I, it's it's quite it's really quite simple in terms of boss, but I like doing it. I I try doing it whenever it's ready and going up. Um, has been for me it's it's also a good measuring stick for where I'm at with my gear because I think stats matter the most there, like strategy right also, but yeah, you know it's a good measuring stick you know that but, that's actually a good way of doing it because when I started pvming uh on r s three that's exactly the same thing I did. I chose a boss, and as my gear and stats went up. Yeah, it was a you know an easy thing to measure against in terms of yeah. you know how how well is that doing. So that's that's a good analogy, and I think that's something I, that that people fall into on their own. Yeah, I don't know if I talked about it on the show when I started doing Aspora. I think it's been like two weeks now. Uh, I got the bottomless bucket drop on my first ever kill, which is like nice. Uh, that was very very pleasing. That's a free seven. And it went up and yeah, it went up in value since we bought them. You know, bought it for like three hundred and thirty k way back when. Yeah, exactly. So I I was happy with that. I'm um, yeah. hoping for a few more of those drops. But the anima seeds, you know, more more money from Herbrunt's can't go wrong with that. So. I like that buffing mechanic. Those are the things yeah. I'm most looking forward to. But the reason I mention Hespori um, is, is because uh, there's also a second wiki tool that I wanted to show and make mention of on the show this week. And 
I started looking at this when I was um, working on my Scuria stuff, but you also mentioned that you were using this uh, for Hespori, and this is the RuneScape Wiki's um, old-school DPS calculator. And what you do is, you know, you go there, you enter in your gear, you enter in your stats, and you choose uh, what boss you're going to be fighting, and you can compare loadouts. And the the most interesting thing about this shows the sheer number of times that I am still missing at this boss and my hit splat is going to be zero. And the main reason I went there is I wanted to see, is it beneficial for me to, you know, take a whip to Scurious or am I better off with the bone mace? And the answer is the bone mace. And you can see that. You can see a comparison of the percentage chance that you're going to deal um, each damage hit splat, but the most interesting thing they do is they kind of actually extrapolate what your potential time to kill is going to be with the two different setups, and you can see that just graphed out here on the screen. And you know, for for folks unaware, back in the day, the website that initially uh, spawned this podcast and the other podcast used to you know develop these sorts of tools and i just have a huge appreciation for people who can make wonderful web-based tools like this because yeah you know there's there's great spreadsheets and whatnot out there that's runescape is a spreadsheet game it's second claim to fame aside from being a good game is teaching excel and economics but it's just so nice when you see it in a form like this and i i really like this old school rsdps calculator and i'm going to be using it for practically everything that i fight in game the the ui is pleasant i like there was a few things i had to go and look for but all in all like it, it's a really pleasant the ui it works really well uh, of course they can just rely on all the data from the wiki like they don't have to source all the data separately it's just there um it's great i love it yeah like i i i long say that the the best website out there is just a you know a plain website with html and text on it and then the next one after that is something like this where it has Mm -hmm. some you know modern technology behind it in terms of styling it and making it so that it fits to your screen nicely and all that which it does it works on mobile too but um you know just wonderful wonderful job with this and you know my favorite feature is definitely the graph because it really shows uh how much quicker the uh the 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 bone base would be than the whip with this and it's like okay then so so that's that's the way to go on this yeah. and and the and the fun bit about this is that at uh one of my one of my early loadouts i have a 1.1 percent chance of killing the boss in 210 ticks, whereas with the other one, it's 57.9% chance of that happening there. But um, any any revelations on this uh, from you? Uh, no, I'm, I'm hoping to keep developing it, developing it. I would love to be able to sort of save my, my own loadout, uh, my presets, basically, for my own gear that I have actually available. Yeah, and, and you know what the fun bit is? is that you can actually share loadouts between that. So you could have a loadout that was your Hespori loadout, a sh- loadout that was your Scurious loadout, then you could just, you know, tinker 
with that along the way. So all that sort of fun stuff is there. And, you know, it's actually open source too, I must say. So if you want to see how it's made, you can see. Excellent. So, but in 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 that case, uh, we also do need to mention, speaking of weapons, and this is what we uh, wanted to talk about in terms of the Defender of Varrock Rewards and the Varlamor poll that is up now in-game. So uh, go vote in that if you haven't, because we are getting Defender of Varrock and while Guthix sleeps. And one of the questions, of course, is should the zombie axe... Uh, come into game and they're and they're bringing the uh, the crush bonus down on this a little bit uh, from where it was. It was at a hundred. Now they're bringing it down uh, to ninety. So it, so it's still it's still very good, but not as not as uh, punchy as it was before. Yeah. So. Um, uh, I, I think it makes sense. Like yeah. it sits there in the middle. I, I, there needs to be a roll for all of the items. It's it's a crowded space for sure. Um. Is this something you want to go for when it comes out? Because, like, I, I feel like we're in an interesting spot right now where this is a 65 attack weapon. But I feel like, you know, maybe by the time this comes out and by the time we get around to getting one, maybe we might be past there. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I, I'm already using the whip, so I don't know. Like... For me, it would still be interesting, right, for strength training, for example, because... Yeah, because the whip can't, can't do that, yeah. Because the whip can't do that. The axe can, right? So there, there's still... Like, that would, for me, uh, replace the dragon scimitar, which I can't even use yet, because we haven't done Monkey Madness. But yeah. um, that's that's sort of, yeah, what I'm... What I'm um, and you know what the thinking what what I'm what I'm wondering on this and it might have been in the first in the first blog post that went out uh they mentioned it's a swift weapon but I don't think it shows on the image here what the actual attack speed is if it's whip speed or where, attack rate where, 5 okay where does where does it say that all the bonuses oh okay right there okie dokie then <laughs> fair enough i just missed that as we were as we were progressing uh yeah through that but um any other poll questions uh, you want to you want to uh, run over uh here yeah i'm just checking the dragon it's a scimitar, scimitar is, is speed four right yes okay that's so this is so this is on the level of, of a long then yeah okay that's interesting i don't know what would be better than for strength training um Still the scimitar. Perhaps still the scimitar, yeah, exactly. So it's 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 an interesting Unless you weapon. need something crush if you unless you want something that, that also has a crush bonus on it, which scimitar does not have. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting. Um you also need seventy smithing for this, so the the barrier to entry has really risen with this. Yeah, I I mean, if you don't have access to the Dragon Scimitar, it's definitely going to be an upgrade. Um, but and and you know we're we're looking at this from a pure DPS angle yeah. in training. If you're using this for Slayer, I think you still want to go with this because it's going to have a higher strength bonus and it's going to have a higher slash bonus than the Scimitar. Uh true. Yeah, for sure. Uh, also, I 
would guess. Well, you need seventy smithing, but or you can just uh, buy it. Getting a whip, getting a whip as an Iron Man is definitely not an easy feat. Uh, okay, because you need eighty-five Slayer. Yeah, that's to a good. That's a, demon. So, that's, a, that's a good note. Like for Iron Man, this is also a lot more access- accessible. I think. Um, which is nice. So I think it will have it will have its place. Yeah. I voted to bring it into the game. I yeah, actually voted I yes think. on yes on everything here. So um and just before we move on there is also a survey, an actual survey at the end of this uh blog post about the rights of balance and god alignments if that's something that uh potentially interests you from the upcoming Well Gothic Sleeps quest and what 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 did you think about the change they wanted to make to Torex hammers like making it two <sighs> hit splats instead of one why i mean i like it like it's functionally the same i and i, I guess they're just trying to make it like dual wield i guess mm-hmm. and, and that's the mm-hmm. version of it I, I don't see any functional difference to it so um, like i voted no. yes but I think it does have a difference. Um, so, if you think about die rolls, right? Yeah. If you roll a single uh, die with 12 faces, you have an equal chance of hitting all of the numbers. Yeah. Whereas, if you hit a roll two dice with uh, one to six, I mean, first of all, you can't roll a one, but that notwithstanding, um, you can still uh, you you're much more likely to roll something in the middle. So what's switching from one hit splat to two hit splats does is it basically makes the damage be more consistent in the middle, right? You're right. like more likely to roll. Um, the total damage between the two hit splats is more likely to be towards the center. So you have more outliers to the top, but also few, uh, fewer outliers to the top, but also fewer outliers to the bottom. Fair. Yeah. And, um, and the averages will stay the same, yeah. right? Like the average damage will stay yeah. the same. It's just, it's a little bit more consistent. Yeah, I think okay. that's cool. Okay, that's fair. And they say... It, you roll an accuracy roll. If you miss, you hit two zeros. If you're successful, you then have two damage rolls, each that will total half of your max hit. Then, mm-hmm. if that division is unequal, then one roll gets a plus one. So yeah. if your max I mean, hit is 17, fair. you'll have a max hit of eight and nine. Yeah. Which is obvious, and just, you yeah. know, squaring that out. So yeah, I, this, doesn't, this doesn't change your DPS. This doesn't change your max hit. Um... But I think it would reduce the chance you hit your max hit because now you need to max on two different rolls. Right? It like makes it more of a consistent happen. weapon, which is you know yes. what what we what you've just said from two different angles. What could be interesting though is if there are in the future, and maybe they're in the game already, but I don't have that game knowledge. If in the future there is like a boss that has like a flat damage reduction, right? Like every hit is reduced by two, for example. Um, or there's a you know, max hit reduction, or like on the Scurious Rats, you always do max hits, right? 
now all of a sudden having one or two head splats can make a difference. Right. Um, so to me, what this creates is it creates an interesting mechanic space where there's now a different trade-off. Do you want one or two head splats? With the possibility of there being more dual-wield weapons in the future without having Claws. to go the full EOC way. Yeah. You know, when, when you think about it, Claws would be another category to do this with. Yeah, exactly. Claws should be included. You're actually right. Why are Claws not included? Maybe they already are. Let me just have a quick look on the wiki here, because I'm not a connoisseur of Dragon Claws. Um, Zarek. Um, their special attack seems to do something like that, but would they still just have their one hit splat when they uh, deal damage? So fascinating. These are still ninety four mil. Can you believe that? Which I guess makes sense, being Chambers is Eric. So, but yeah, they were saying they were not removing it, right? I, I thought that was TBA. Uh, uh, didn't really give us consensus. We need to remove Dragon Claws from the raid. It did indicate that you're excited to see. Yada, yada, yada. We won't be removing Dragon Claws from Chambers of Xeric. And we'll be adding a new drop to the Tormented Demon Stable. So. Okay. Okay, so they're going to uh, stay as is. I think that's fine. Because they've, you know, they've earned their place as an iconic drop and in Chambers is Eric's. Yeah, I still think it's thematically a little bit weird, right? Um, Claws... But is that the yeah. nostalgia creeping in? It might be. Honestly, Claws don't... Like, Claws are like a birthright thing. So in theory, they, sh- they, they don't really fit with Tormented Demons either. So you know what? Yeah, fair. It's fine. They just needed to drop space for them way back in the day in 2008, and that's where it was, Mm -hmm. just like we got them now at Chambers of Zarek. But, you know, we we are getting ready for those quests. I am getting very close to having the uh, Defender of Iraq requirements, but the questing journey has continued this week with Underground Pass. And that's the falling down bit. We did it! And you know what? You know what? This quest came out in classic. Yeah. And it has aged remarkably well. I think so. Yeah. Are, are we just are we just biased on that? I don't know. But I feel like I, Underground Pass has aged remarkably well, given the fact this thing came out in 2003. I mean, if, if a quest like this were made today, it would be much much better but thinking about sort of the um what it tries to achieve and something i don't think i've appreciated before is how atmospheric the quest is right if you think about it for a game that required you to only be 13 years old to play back in the day this really push it like this is not a quest for 13-year-olds, in a sense. What I part think... are you specifically talking about? I know I have one in mind for I me. I mean, for me, it's not necessarily the part of it. It's the whole underlying theme, right? Like, okay. the entire idea is that 
at the end of the quest, it all turns out to be a dream, in a sense, right? Like, you don't actually remember, or your character doesn't actually remember what happened. Something, something about a unicorn and a boulder. Um, that was the part that was graphic. Yeah. Um, like, And I enjoyed that The whole part. idea is your character doesn't remember it, and there's actually some you know, in a darkness of the character that gets explored. I think you could go much deeper. Which is foreshadowing. It's it's foreshadowing in a sense as well, yeah. But, like, it's rudimentary, but it really tries to get across how messed up this place is. And that's never been done before in RuneScape, and I don't think it's ever been done since. No, no. What about the and, what about that 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 one quest um, with the with the tormented person, East of Iraq? Uh, yeah, yeah. That that it does something similar. But it doesn't do it as well. <laughs> like that, that, that quest did not age. No, uh, Soul's Bane, right? You're talking yeah, about that's the name of it. That's the yeah. That one it. did not age. That one is mostly frustrating. I don't think Underground Pass is that frustrating. Uh, no. to be honest. Like I think, like aside from the agility bit, and you know, fifty agility here, so that's my own fault. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of failing involved if you're the minimum agility level. Um. I'm I was 62 agility so um and that made a huge difference like I failed once and you failed a dozen times maybe a bit more right? yeah you you heard me um so I can I like I think this this quest gets a bad rep because people do it at minimum requirements and yeah if you don't bring the items you need to bring you're gonna be a little bit screwed. Also, the like, combat that, could be like, difficult if you're lower level two. Yeah, like I, I think this quest could do like if they wanted to add like a few rope drops uh, throughout the dungeon to make sure you have that. Like I think ropes and a spade are the only things you need. If they just had those items dropped there and made it clear that they recommend at least 60 agility i think it's a fine quest yeah and i mean i mean, a, I, I I mean you, you also learn fairly early on that you need to do uh the range stuff with your with your fire arrows too so mm-hmm. you, you know that you just uh simplify things with that combat style uh a, along with it and i'm just actually looking at the patch notes here for it and as far as i can tell the only old school balancing and you know tweaks that were made to underground pass were in July 2019 in preparation for Song of the Elves where they said that the entire quest now takes place in an instance which is which we didn't notice <laughs> which is weird because we were there together and we basically saw each other for the entire bit of it pretty much the only thing i can imagine is that there are two versions of the underground pass one if you haven't done the quest yet and one like, I think when we go back into the Regicide version of the Underground Pass, that might be a completely different instance oh, of the Underground oh, Pass. Oh, 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 okay, I see. Uh, that is my guess, uh, which means that, you know, when you do the Underground Pass, you don't see all You're the You're not messing up people it. who are doing the quest. Yeah. Okay, yeah, fair. Exactly. Fair, fair, fair. That's the only thing I can imagine. Yeah. Um, there is also a time here with the Paladins, 
uh, would respawn after their badges were dropped in the wells. They they made it so they didn't uh, respawn. The patches of swamp found further in the dungeon were removed. Ivan's shadow, ashes, and dove are now automatically applied when obtained. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you didn't need to do that part. And uh, Ivan was given some extra dialogue uh, as well alongside this. And that's pretty much all the all the patches that were uh, done to this. And, you know, we're dealing with, as I said, a, a quest from Classic here. And, it, uh, you know, I, I feel like with these old quests, it's 50-50 about whether you're going to get something, you know, that, 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 that we enjoy or if you're going to get something that's, you know, utterly, utterly painful to do and you know this was actually a, a very pleasant treat dare i say yeah. and, and you know uh we were done we were we were actually out and done in in under two hours so that was interesting too uh less than that i think like yeah. only an hour yeah we spent like an hour on it which which know, i mean that... we've done it we've done both done it before and we knew what the general idea was we were also over leveled for the combat so you know the combat was really not an issue for us yeah and it, it's just kind of fun to go back and do that and what this quest has really made me want to do it's really made me want to get on the regicide push and you know after that boarding sand part one part two and then everything you know else that that comes after that so that's the that's the skilling training that's been happening uh in addition to underground pass so uh i i, I think yeah because for regicide you need 56 agility don't you yeah yeah that's... and you kind of want more agility with all the elf traps and isafdar and and my and my mouth last week and and your yeah exactly exactly <laughs> how's that going i got 50 agility this week um it, it's not too bad it's not too bad, I'll say. I'm not. I'm not going crazy yet. He's he's only fifty agility, and he says it's not so bad. You haven't even started, my man. I know. I know. I calculated it. I calculated it, and I messaged you after I got fifty. I said, "Well, that's fifty agility and about a hundred kxp. I got to do this one hundred twenty-nine more times." Yeah. And obviously, yeah. you know, the, the the rates will change with the agility courses and whatnot. And, you know, honestly, at this point, the, as I mentioned, the the end goal is, of course, uh, Song of the Elves. That's, that's the big goal at the end. But there's lots of other little ones along the way, too, uh, that I'm going to be working on general requirement-wise. But, you know, agility is just useful as, as a utility skill. Uh, for graceful, and I got my first couple pieces of graceful as well. I so, made so you. Something. I made you get them before underground pass. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, I mean, get... I had the token sitting in my bank, right? Yeah. So, um, I, I I did that, and I've been at Knifis, but it's time to go to uh go to Falador next for that, and you know, I'm I'm gonna actually have a look at the XP rates, and I actually want to see, and I haven't done this yet. I want to see what's better for XP rates, whether you know, uh, in the fifties. The Falador rooftop is better, or you know, once fifty-two, is it worth it to go up north to the wilderness? I just brave that. Ooh, very daring of you. You don't get graceful tokens. No, so you don't. I've, I've been I've been sticking to rooftop. Right. Uh, I think it's almost a failure of the skill itself that you know graceful 
Like even well, it kind of obsoletes the old courses in that way, then, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like even if you have finished the outfit, the marks of grace can still be very profitable uh, for the um, the crystals. Yeah, as we learned last so, week. So I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Um, I I don't think I'll do. Um, so I'll definitely be doing the Sis Village one up to level seventy. Um, I might skip on the I think there's one in Veleka and one in Polly um, if I remember correctly I might skip those like there's the yeah so level 70 is Polly and level 80 is Veleka but at the same time level 75 is Prif so I might spend a bunch of time on the Prif one uh, and then Ardoin is one of the better ones to do again so yeah and i mean that that rewards it at 90 and and you know i this this has also been a consistent thing in old school it's that you know you you look at this and you realize you know you got this skill here and it feels like oh my god how are we supposed to use these 2007 era training methods in 2024 here but there's other things that have that have come out Along the way, and you know, namely here the 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 rooftop agility courses with that, and it's like, okay, maybe the skill, maybe the skill. When you look into that ecosystem and everything else it provides, maybe it's not that bad. I think it needs changes. Like I think there needs to be like like like, let's be real. The run energy stuff could be looked at. I think that's one thing. I, I would, I would love. Like, I don't think they should introduce resting in the way that RSV did. I no. don't think you should be able to rest. Anywhere. I think if you just add the musicians, that would be enough. But exactly, and I think when they do, like, I really hope that they, like, when they add the floating city with the College of Bards in Valamore, I that would be a great moment for me to introduce something around resting, right? Where. Uh, you know, those positions, you can unlock them or something like that. Now it's an interesting reward space. Um, And it also means... I mean, it's it's a hard balance because the musicians will be most useful at the start when you're early level, so not entirely sure how to best balance that, but to me it sounds like an interesting reward space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know... Agility is something that I never imagined I'd find myself actually wanting to log in and train. So the fact that 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 the game is doing that is is actually wonderful. And you know, just a preview of other things that need to be done on the account is fifty crafting, forty five herb lore, and fifty two hunter. But you know, those things that you know just need to, uh, in general, work towards. But I surprised myself this week. And you wanted uh-huh. you wanted to talk about this too. Uh, I got fifty five smithing with relative ease from level forty through something yeah. called the Giant's Foundry, and it's fast. It is, and and we did this quest before we started the show, so this is something yeah. that we would have talked about at the time in terms of the quest. But oh my god, actually applying Giant's Foundry to smithing. You know, we we were thinking, at, at least I was thinking, I don't want to put words in your mouth on this, this game needs something like the smithing rework. Hmm. But after this, does it? I mean, obviously you have questions about where rune lands, like a rune plate body at 99, but 
Um, Giants Foundry. Do you want to uh, give the folks a, a, a brief rundown of, of, of how this content works, and we can, you know, kind of just talk about? I think most what's... people will be familiar. You you get a commission, which gives you two properties. So you choose the right molds for those properties to maximize the score. Then you chuck a bunch of either metal bars or metal items. Uh, I recommend the items because it's much cheaper. You sort of recycle the bars used for those items. Uh, you chuck them, chuck them in a in a big um, pot. What's cauldron? Pot. Yeah, cauldron. Uh, and then you go and follow the steps on the screen: managing heat, grinding, polishing, hammering until the um, until the sword is done and you hand it in and you get a bunch of gold and a bunch of experience it's actually profitable uh, which, which is the levels. part that blew my mind because it's like here here's here's you know 18k for this sword what what yeah that's more than the more than the bars cost me to put into it yeah i mean it, it becomes less profitable as you yeah, go up obviously tiers, but uh no, I think it, it to me it's the right balance between paying attention and being fully AFK, right? Like yep. you do need to watch your eye, but it's fine if you have like some reading or like Netflix open. Uh, it works really well. No, it's it's been lovely. It's been fast as well, which thank goodness. What are you at right now? A fifty-seven. Okay. Okay. So you I'm pushing a for further. sixty. Um, why? Why sixty? Because I'm going for base sixty. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And <laughs> okay, I just it's very had, arbitrary. I okay. know, but okay, I just had to ask. So, so what would that? What are you? What are you doing then in terms of in terms of you know the metal combination? Because you can put in you know all mithril, all steel, or you can you know do alloy forms. What are you uh, doing? I do fifty fifty uh, okay. mithril and steel right now. Yeah. Okay, uh, fair that enough. That tends to. There's like a big table on the wiki that shows you like... <laughs> oh boy, ratio. there is there. Yeah. Um, but typically doing 50-50 of the two highest tiers of meta you can do will get you the best quality. And uh, So I do 50-50 of Mithra on Steel. Um, right yeah. Now. And, and uh, you know, this is, this, is, uh, this is the thing that makes old school for me. Is that there's content like this in game, you know, that that's in essence just just waiting to be discovered and it augments what are these, you know, otherwise classic skills. Like I don't think you get any more classic than smithing with providing an entirely different way of training it that, you know, isn't off the wall crazy in terms of being invoked with RNG, but at the same time there's a bit of thought to it and, you know, you get you get rewarded happily along the way. So, I'm very pleased with it. Uh, I wonder if there's a point. Do you think there's a point at which it kind of drops off in terms of effectiveness? Is it better to go to plate bodies? I don't know. I think it remains pretty competitive all the way through. Uh, it's probably more fun as well, um, to be honest. Uh, but I haven't really looked into it. I mean, I, I, I think it's interesting. Like, I don't think. Like, I love the mining and smithing rework in RS3, right? Like, they have made those skills actually enjoyable for me. But if I look at how much time was put into it, it's basically <laughs> developing the whole skills from scratch. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's worth it. And then I come to like old school and they put in a piece of content like this that gets us like a good chunk of the way there. Well, this is the training um, method, right? For smithing. Exactly. It gets us a good chunk of the way there. Um, and uh, like I compare this to, for example, like forestry, which that's not a skill we work. That was much more minor. It works all but right. It, but it accomplishes it, the same things that people want out of a skill rework. I, yeah, I for me, forestry, it's not fully there yet for me. Uh, it didn't quite fix everything, but it makes the skill better. But if you combine that with maybe a training method or two, like Giant's Foundry, and you sort of backfill that over time, I don't think you need skill reworks. I think it, it keeps everything where it should be. Yeah, and like... You know, I I think my biggest criticism of the smithing skill, as it is in old school, if we if we just ignore the giant's foundry for a second, is that it requires level ninety nine to make rune plate bodies, and I'm already heading out of the level band where rune plate bodies are viable to me. So, so yeah, I've been thinking about this right because it's a little bit silly. Like you, like we talked about the axe earlier, right? The defender of it. Rock axe um, earlier, um, and um, that requires level seventy smithing and makes you a level sixty-five item. What, right? Like it, it is completely out of line with making the metals. But I think we get too tied up into um tying the output of smithing into hey that's what you use for combat clearly that's not how it works anymore right, right? Like so you, it could be an like maybe, option maybe it, it could be an option I, I, I see the products we make with smithing not as combat gear but as trade goods almost right like it it's just value you're creating you're making widgets widgets well you never heard of the you never heard of the 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 classic economic argument that two companies are in business one is making a green widget and one is making a blue widget and then they have to compete to figure out who's going to market said widgets to their surrounding economies the best and when you think about it that's kind of what smithing is it's where do where do those you know products those plate bodies and whatnot go? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they go into High Oak and into the cauldron at <laughs> at Giant's Foundry, realistically. Um, but like, I see them as trade. Like, you could replace plate bodies with a non-equipable object that requires the same number of bars and gives the same experience. And gives the same high elk value, and you have a pretty similar story, I think. Um, that, that, that's what RS3 did for, for the smithing rework. Yeah, that exactly. was part yeah, of it, yeah. like the item side. So, and and so I I don't and like sure you could say you know we'll add five more tiers of metal above that all create items that aren't really useful, but what do you really get out of it? Right, like, what do you really get out of um, making rune uh, tier forty smithing and right. plate bodies at forty nine? Like, what do you get out of it? Now right. you have five tiers and, of and metal. See, and see, the thing people love the most about the RS three smithing side of it 
was that you know you got to make a you know a level ninety plus set of of, of power armor with it, and I mean it would be nice to you know have have a, a set of armor that can be uh made yourself but i mean given the way we're seeing things coming into game like you mentioned with the with the uh, flail or mace or what have you or the axe sorry uh from De- defender of Varak, do you need that no and i i think the moment you decouple the whole i need to make my own rune armor right um like as my own equipment like smithing is to make my own equipment Yes, it is, but the normal metal items you smith at an anvil are not part of that, right? Like the dragon shield and like the 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 uh, the zombie axe and those items. Yes, those require smithing, but like the plate bodies you make at an anvil, they're not there to upgrade your gear. They're there to make value yeah so so basically so basically then to recap it is that you know the things that you make with traditional smithing just flow into the economy to be used elsewhere some people might want them for weapons some people might want them for giants foundries some might want them to al but we need to start thinking of the smithing skill not as the skill where you make your own weapons and armor but as the skill that unlocks the capability to make things like the axe we're going to be getting from Defender of Rock. Which are still your own weapons and armor, don't get me wrong. It's just not all of the skill is that. Yeah. It's a, the, the, the anvil smithing is a training method, not a um, making your own gear method. Yeah, I can see that. And, you know, with that... I know there was a the survey we talked about in December uh, for old school, and they asked, you know, what kind of content um, potentially would you like from RS3? And, you know, some of the options were Dungeoneering, Summoning, and the Mining and Smithing rework. And I enthusiastically said, yes, yes, Mining and Smithing rework, but I don't know if we need that now. I don't think so. I think it's a waste of time is a big word but i don't think it's the best time investment ma jack would be smiling right now if he heard you say uh that about the time because he has consistently said that it took way too much time to build that <laughs> look i'm glad we had it um i'm glad it exists now but uh, overall i do but old school work. doesn't need it is is, is yeah. the lesson on this yeah so yeah and and isn't that interesting that that's maybe the, one of the biggest things that comes out of our experiences this week with Giants Foundry, unless there was something else I don't know. I, like that's no, th- that's my big takeaway. I I think you know it shows a different approach to the skidding ecosystem, um, and I like it. like the combination of skilling bosses and Giants Foundry, which is sort of up there with you know more active training methods. I like it. I like it. To me, it scales much better as well. Yeah, and and I mean, if if you really wanted to, you could you you could still do it the classic way, on your own too, with with bars yeah. and and whatnot and what have yeah. you. Yeah. So. Uh, it's, it's same with uh, Guardians of the. Guardians no, of the Rift. Rift. Guardians of the Rift. Yeah. yeah. Same thing, right? Like it fixes Runecraft, in my opinion. Without needing Runespan. Boy, what a week it's been in that case. 
then about this. And like I mentioned, these are some of the things in old school that I've that I've really come to enjoy a lot. And it, it's not the 2007 version of RuneScape, but it's a different angle on it. And it's just so very interesting. And I think that's the thing I'm still uh, picking up and learning on and, you know, just starting to appreciate more and more as we progress through this. But um, you've been doing anything else this week that you want to share before we go? Um, it's uh, well, lots of things. Like sp- speaking of spreadsheets, I actually set up like a little system to keep track of my own goals <laughs> because there's been so many things I've wanted to do, uh, and like the list is only getting longer and longer and longer with sort of things on my backlog. Um, no, I think the main thing I've been working on a little bit of Slayer. That was the last skill I needed to get to level fifty to get base fifties. I'm now Gross. there. I I know, I know, but I've been boosting, trying to work on boosting my points uh, because I want to unlock the bigger and badder for the superior Slayer monsters, which give it more nice chunk of XP if they spawn during a task. Um, followed, of course, by the broad fletching. Uh, we kind of need to arrows. test that because I have a feeling, you know, maybe not as much so, but I feel like the bigger and badder updates with the... Um, uh, big Slayer creatures might be kind of giant. The Slayer's, you know, Giant's Foundry, though maybe not to that degree. So No, because it's an RNG thing, right? Like it's a one yeah. in a hundred chance or something like that. that Which is small. Yeah, but it still, it adds up as like a non-zero percentage of XP that accumulates over time. Uh, and the earlier you get it, the earlier you benefit. So that's that's the first thing I'm getting followed by the broad fletching. Um, because I don't expect myself to have a slate helmet anytime soon, though that will, of course, also be on the backlog. So that's that's it on the Slayer front. Um, other than that, lots of herb runs. Trying to make lots of money. Uh, I got myself 60 crafting. Nice. Uh, because... Like that's the thing with birdhouse runs. Like my my hunter is slowly going up passively, but I need to keep training my crafting so I can always make the highest tier of birdhouses. Yeah, and 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 see um, and see that's the thing that that I'm wondering about about this as as we as we keep doing you know hunter and whatnot. Um, at at some point, I feel like I'm going to need an infusion of hunter XP and birdhouses. Probably isn't going to be enough, and that's going to be interesting to kind of sit down and see what's on tap for that. Mm-hmm. So, but okie dokie. That sounds good, and you know, I I feel like my next thing uh, is going to be crafting, but it's it's only got to go a few levels for some of the quests that are out there. So I think I just have to you know make a trip to the GE and pick up some gems, and I and I won't and my pocketbook won't be won't be hurt that that much. If I was going beyond that, might be might be a little bit worse. Yeah, I I did I did bracelets, bracelets, which is fairly slow, but now I have like. A stack of two K alkabils in my bank. Okay, that, that works, and make... and you know then that transfers into magic XP, which transfers into magic XP. Uh, so you know it, being a little bit smart, you you can you can hook things up like that. But yeah, no, I I should go back and finish my Thai farm goals. I think so that can go off my list. Um, and after more Slayer. Watering I don't know. I think I might go and spend some time in the uh, Lizardman Valley to get Ooh. myself to okay. get myself there. Okay, heading, heading the combat direction. We might have a PVMer on the way. 
No, I just want the Xerix talisman <laughs> and getting like 65 thieving. That's how it starts. It starts awful. with one thing and then it moves on from there. <sighs> That's how it starts. That's how it starts. But mm-hmm. in any case, uh, thanks everybody for joining us for this episode of the Old School RuneScape Update. Um, if you want the episodes delivered automatically to you when they arrive, the best way to do that is to subscribe. Does that rhyme? Arrive and subscribe? No, it doesn't. Uh, update.show update.show slash OS. We're on all the podcast listeners out there. We're on Apple, Pocket Cast, Spotify, and more. Update.show slash OS. And of course, subscribe as well on YouTube at, uh, at youtube.com slash OSRS update. With that being said, see you guys next week for another episode of the Old School Rootscape Update. Bye-bye.